plans for my crazy day. My packed commute. All those unread emails in my inbox. But I'm getting stronger, faster, and pushing myself further every day. I don't care if I'm not like everyone else. This punching bag is the best way to end my day. <laughs> Fearless is knowing yoga isn't your style. That's the power of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Federal Employee Program. Learn more about our healthy benefits at fepblue.org slash get more. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast. I'm your host, Marcus Mosier. You can find me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. We're recording this on Monday afternoon. Hope you guys all had a great weekend. We had football on Saturday night to distract us from the Ezekiel Elliott suspension. We're not going to talk about that today. I, I, I shared all my thoughts on Friday as the news kind of comes out and the appeal happens on Tuesday and some of the details start to leak out. We'll fill you in, but I don't want them to make this an Ezekiel Elliott show because there's 89 other guys on the Cowboys roster that I want to talk about. Elliott has a big impact on this team. Everybody knows the implications that could happen if Elliott's not on the roster in the first six games. But today I want to focus on other things because the Cowboys played on Saturday night against the Los Angeles Rams in the Coliseum. That they lost the game. I don't even remember the final score. Is it 10 to 13 or something like that? I don't remember. But let's go ahead and dive into some of the notes that I took while watching the game. So the very first one, and I, I think maybe the most impressive player from the game, was Xavier Woods. Uh, the Cowboys safety that they drafted in the sixth round uh, out of Louisiana Tech. We actually talked about him on the show last week as a guy that the Cowboys maybe were trying to hide. At least that was my thoughts after watching the Hall of Fame game. He didn't play many snaps in that game. He played just in the fourth quarter, and that kind of led to the question of, are the Cowboys trying to highlight him? Uh, or not highlight, hide him on the practice squad and maybe let him develop there and then bring him along next year? I think we saw our answer on Saturday night. No, that's not going to happen. Uh, Woods was probably the best player in the game. He graded out as the highest scoring player. According to Pro Football Focus, he was given the game ball. Depends on how much stock you put into Pro Football Focus. I put a lot of stock in it because uh, they have a fantastic process. I love that the way they grade players. I love their new grading system. It's, it's a little easier to see how well a player is playing. Anyways, uh, Woods had six stops. He had three tackles on third down that prevented a first down. Uh, he also had a forced fumble that was eventually ruled incomplete. I kind of think that's bogus. Um, um, tomorrow on FanRag Sports, I'm writing a film room piece on Xavier Woods. Make sure you check that out. There's, it really highlights what Woods could be in the NFL. I When he was drafted, I think a lot of people weren't exactly sure what kind of safety he's going to be. At Louisiana Tech, they moved him all around. They had him play linebacker, free safety, strong safety, slot corner, outside corner, just depended on the spot. Well, what? How is that going to translate in the NFL? What type of safety is he going to be? And that's what I'm going to take a look at tomorrow on FanRag Sports. 
interesting piece. I I urge you to check that out tomorrow. But real quick on Woods, I thought he was flying around to the football. And right now he's probably the fourth safety on the roster behind Byron Jones, Jeff Heath, and Yvonne Frazier. I think he's going to push for snaps maybe as early as this season. Uh, he clearly, uh, the more snaps that you can give him, the more comfortable he plays. After the game, he actually said, you know, I'm not even in a rhythm yet. I, I'm still learning the playbook. I'm st- still learning uh, the defensive scheme. Once I, you know, get that all under control and, he, you know, he, once he has everything all figured out, it's going to be lights out for him. So, fantastic game from Xavier Woods. I thought was maybe the best defensive player on the field. Second one I want to talk about is Rico Gathers. He continues to dominate the preseason. Again, last year we just saw him for 16 snaps total in the preseason. All of those came in the final game against Houston. This year we are seeing Gathers a ton, basically the entire game. Through two games, I'm not sure there's been a more impressive player on the entire roster. Quarterbacks have a perfect passer rating, throwing to him 158.3. His only failed reception of the preseason came on a pass from Luke McCown in the fourth quarter of Saturday night's contest. Far too low. Uh, I'm, I'm impressed with his, just his overall athleticism. I mean, we knew that this was a big athletic freak, but... I didn't anticipate him being this good after the catch. He is tough to bring down. There was a play, I think it was his first catch of the game. He ran just a simple hook, caught the ball, and that's a play we've seen Jason Witten run over the years. There's not much opportunity for, you know, yards after that catch because your back is you're you're facing the quarterback. It it just takes a lot to to turn around and get upfield, but <laughs> Gathers caught this ball. It's funny to even think about it because of how ridiculous he is. Gathers caught the ball, and instead of turning around and trying to make a play, he just moved backwards. He, he literally just he, he slid backwards. The defender couldn't tackle him, and he was able to gain another two or three yards just by overpowering a smaller defender. It, it was honestly incredible to watch. Go back and check it out. It's clear that Gathers... Still needs to work on his blocking. He actually got called for a holding call on a stretch play. That's going to happen. He, he's still pretty raw in terms of his blocking ability, but his sheer size and power will at least give him a chance to be adequate this season for the Cowboys as a blocker on the outside. If he's going to get on the field, it's likely going to be in three tight end sets. So he needs to at least be able to uh, have the illusion that he can block to potentially open up him in the receiving game. Uh, he scored another touchdown. This time it was against a linebacker on an out and up. Didn't really even sell the the out at all. <laughs> he got upfield so quickly, and his size was allowed him to make an easy grab for a touchdown. A few weeks ago, I, I was pretty adamant that I didn't think Gathers was going to contribute much this year. But after the last two preseason games... You can make a strong argument that he's might be the second most useful tight end on the roster. I, he just he has a natural receiving ability and ability just to be 
bigger and stronger than defensive players around the league. I had a uh, a well-known fantasy football writer message me on Saturday night and said, Gathers is a freak. This is just a phenomenal athlete. And anybody outside of Dallas can see this too. Is If the Cowboys don't figure out a way to get him on the field sooner rather than later, they are making a mistake because this is a premier athlete. Next one I want to talk about was the left guard position. I think this might be the most concerning spot on the Cowboys' office. No, it's not. It might be. It is the most concerning spot. Um, This week, the Cowboys decided to use veteran Byron Bell at that spot as Chaz Green is still nursing a muscle strain in his shoulder. I kind of thought that Byron Bell, because he was a veteran, was going to come in and play well. Uh, He did not. He had two holding calls that took back nice runs by Darren McFadden. Uh, he was beaten a couple times on the wide zone. He wasn't able to get in the front uh, in face of, in the face of the uh, defensive tackle. He looked slow. Uh, he got ran over one time on a pass set where he was just off balance, and the defensive tackle literally ran him over and walked into the quarterback. Uh, it, it was not a pretty performance. But in Bell's defense, a little bit. Um, this was his first real game action since 2015. He missed all of 2016 with a foot injury. Um, he's also getting used to playing at a new weight. According to the team's website, when he signed with the Cowboys in March, he weighed a little bit more than 360 pounds. But when he weighed in at July with the Cowboys, he was down to about 310 pounds. So you're talking about 50 pounds in a couple months. So I think balance is certainly an issue. You're hoping that as he gets used to playing at this new weight that he's able to kind of regain some of that athleticism anytime that you lose or gain that much weight in a short period of time. It's going to take a while to get used to to your new playing weight. So it wasn't pretty by Bell. You're hoping that Chaz Green can come back and seize that job and that Bell can be a potential 7th or 8th offensive lineman on the team. But if Bell has to start and play in games for the Cowboys this season, they may be in trouble because it was not pretty against the Rams. Next one, Cooper uh, Cooper Rush. I was impressed with Rush. We're going to talk about the stats in a second, but just from a, I don't want to say it factor because that implies that I think he can be something great. But, I don't think the game looked too big for Cooper Rush. He seemed confident. Uh, He he clearly lacks physical tools of, you know, some of the other quarterback, not on the roster, but other quarterbacks around the league. He's never going to be this guy that can throw the 20-yard outs on a rope. He's going to have to rely on anticipation and accuracy, kind of in the same way that a Kellen Moore does. But I think he's got a little bit more physical upside and tools than Moore has. But I thought he played well. and actually, I thought he's played well the last two preseason games. He's total, and I'll be charting these all season or all preseason. Rushes 18 of 29 with 191 yards passing. A couple nice rushes, two passing touchdowns, no interception. Quarterback rating of 104.2. But that doesn't even tell the real story of how well Rush has played in the preseason, especially in the Rams game. Uh, according to Pro Football Focus, and I charted this myself just to make sure. Rush had a perfect completion percentage. Uh, they, they call it a adjusted completion percentage, adjusting for drops. 
Rush had two drops on two nice thrown passes to tight ends. Ball just hit the hand and dropped. Uh, he would have been 11 for 11, ended up 11 for 13. I'm, I was not thinking that there was a chance that the Cowboys would keep three quarterbacks on the roster. Cooper Rush has played well enough to at least make that a question of whether the Cowboys should consider Rush on the roster this year. What's going to be tough about Rush is if the Cowboys decide to keep a third quarterback, that likely means you got to cut from the end of another position such as receiver, which could possibly be Noah Brown, possibly tight end. Maybe you have to cut another safety. Wherever it's going to be, they're going to have to make a sacrifice. Um, or do you believe that the Cowboys could cut Rush and sign him to the practice squad? Are you willing to take the chance of another team snatching him up and stashing him on the 53-man roster? Or do you think that he could slide there because every team has got quarterbacks they like? I don't know the answer to that yet, and I don't think we, we don't need to know that answer yet. We still have three more preseason games. If Rush continues to play at this same level, I don't think there's any way the Cowboys can cut him. Uh, they've learned from their previous mistakes to not chance it at quarterback. They, they can do it at other positions, but quarterback is the most tricky. The one that sticks out to me is Matt Moore, who had a fantastic preseason for the Cowboys. They tried to stash him in the practice squad, got picked up by another roster or by another team, and they missed out. Now, Matt Moore hasn't developed into a franchise quarterback, but he's certainly a capable backup and a better backup than uh, Kellen Moore or even Mark Sanchez, who the Cowboys have signed, or Matt Castle, who they traded for, or even Brandon Whedon. If they were able to just stash Matt Moore for that amount of time, they might not have had to spend those picks and those resources on those backup quarterbacks. Nevertheless, it's interesting to see how well Rush played. Uh, I'm excited about what he could potentially be down the road. I don't think he could be a starter, but could he be a Matt Moore caliber backup? I think there's potential there. Thought he played well. I'm interested to go back and really study the tape and really see what he was looking at, what kind of defense he was facing. But all in all, an impressive performance by uh, Cooper Rush in his second game with the Dallas Cowboys. Let's pause for a second to tell you about our friends at SeatGeek. Buying tickets to sports and concerts can be complicated, but there's a better, simpler way to buy with SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to get tickets to live events. With SeatGeek's seamless mobile experience, you can buy and sell tickets in just two taps. SeatGeek helps you find the best seats at the best prices, fully guaranteed. There's nothing quite like seeing your favorite team or musician in person, and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for a great value. I've got the SeatGeek app on my phone. It's by far the easiest way to shop for tickets. I can be anywhere, and with just a few taps, I can instantly find my seats, buy those tickets to those Pirates up here in Pennsylvania, although they're struggling a little bit recently. Probably not going to make the wild card. But easiest way to do it, uh, two taps, get you the tickets you need right on that first baseline. SeatGeek is designed to make your ticket buying experience easier than ever. Best of all, my listeners get $20 off their first SeatGeek purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app today and enter the promo code L-O-N-F-L. That's promo code L-O-N-F-L for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. So we talked a little bit about Cooper Rush and how well he played. But the flip side is 
Kellen Moore struggled. Um, and struggled might be an understatement. Uh, while Rush was 11 of 13, uh, he, and he also had the one touchdown. Kellen Moore was 8 of 17 for only 69 yards. Uh, the Cowboys offense had three straight three and outs to open up the game. They managed just three points on six possessions in the first half. They held the ball just over 12 minutes. They had a total of 81 yards. In the game total, total, the Cowboys had eight first downs. Okay, Eight first downs. I believe Kellen Moore accounted for two of those in the first half. They had zero rushing first downs. It was a pathetic performance by their offense, mostly because of Kellen Moore in the first half. Uh, while the stats are awfully concerning, there's actually two other things that concern me a little bit more. First of all was Moore's lack of arm strength. We know that he does not have this elite arm, but he typically wins with being able to have a good enough arm and good enough anticipation and accuracy. His arm looked dead on Saturday night. Uh, there was a pass, I believe it was his second pass of the game, uh, he tried to drive the ball to the outside to Andy Jones on an out route, and I'm amazed that the corner did not pick off the ball because he jumped the route perfectly, and Moore's release was slow. The ball came out awfully slow, just floated in the air. Was luckily lucky it was not a pick six. Um, it, it, his arm just looked he, – he struggled. I charted his first half passes. He had one pass that went over eight yards beyond the line of scrimmage. Everything was dink and dunk. Everything was to the running backs and the tight ends in the short game. Uh, everything was coming back to the ball. There was no passes down the field. We didn't see the bombs to Bryce Butler like we saw last week uh, against the Cardinals. What's concerning for me is not just more as a quarterback because we know that if Dak Prescott goes down, the Cowboys are in trouble. They're, they're, you, don't plan, you don't plan for... Prescott to go down but what's concerning to me is that I would like to see Noah Brown and Andy Jones and Rico Gathers and Bryce Butler and possibly Ryan Switzer next week I would like to see these guys given a chance to succeed at receiver in preseason at tight and at tight end but the quarterback is so limited in what he can do that he's hurting the development of those guys if the Cowboys had a more adequate backup there you would be able to see you know maybe more of uh ryan switzer more of andy jones and noah brown it would potentially speed up their development right now but i'm telling you that it's not hurting just the cowboys in the games it's also hurting them in practice because in their live drills those guys can't get the ball on time because kellen moore is just so physically limited as a passer that it's actually disrupting their entire practice uh, the defense is not getting uh, a fair chance to improve because the quarterback is just not good enough. Uh, we've, I've talked a lot about this on the show about how I would look for a backup quarterback across the league because I know Kellen Moore isn't good enough, but that's not going to happen for the Cowboys for a few different reasons. The primary reason is because Scott Linehan loves Kellen Moore and he loves what he can provide on game days. Kellen Moore is a fantastic guy to have in your meeting room preparing for the upcoming game uh, last year even when he was injured he was doing a lot of the film study and a lot of the prep work on future opponents before the Cowboys even got there so when the week rolled in the Cowboys had all their stats and all their game plan compiled before they even started the week 
So I know what Kellen Moore provides. I know that he can be a uh, a good guy to aid Dak Prescott, but he's just not a backup quarterback in the NFL. We'll take one more uh, observation. We'll save some more for next for the next couple of days. We're going to be talking more about some film study stuff and some of the notes that I had. But last one on Taco Charlton. In his first game last week, Taco got a lot of uh, criticism because he did not record a pressure on seven snaps. Uh, pass rushing snaps, excuse me. Uh, I kind of debunked that on FanRag Sports. You can go check that out. He really only had five pass rushing snaps. Three of them he was doubled. One he came on a stunt. And one he just was not effective. So it, it wasn't like he was just awful last week. I know Rod Marinelli criticized him saying he wasn't good enough. But that's just kind of what Rod Marinelli does. He's always going to push his players. So it was encouraging to see Ch- Taco, say Chaco, Taco to make that next step in this preseason game. He recorded his first sack. It wasn't a great sack by any means, but uh, that the style in which Taco uh, had his sack is likely how he's going to get his in the NFL. There's typically two types of pass rushers from that right side. There's the guys that bend right around the edge, uh, you know, your Khalil Max, your Von Millers. That's not Taco. What Taco is going to win is by setting up defenders and by using his length and his power to rip through uh, and go through linemen to try to basically get into the front of the quarterback as opposed to around the quarterback. Um, Pro Football Focus agreed that he was much better. He Last week he was a 75.3. This week he was an 80. Still a lot of work that needs to be done in Taco's game. A lot of refinement that still needs to happen. He still hits that spin move a little bit too often. But I think it's nice to see him at least taking steps in every game. As long as he continues to do that, he will be fine. I think Taco is going to be a really solid player for the Cowboys. I don't think he's going to be your number one pass rusher. But when you're drafting at 28 overall in the first round, you're not going to get the Von Millers and the Khalil Max and the J.J. Watts and those type of Vic Beasley. Those are all top 10 type of players. You're not going to get that. So you've got to search out for different types of players at that spot. Encouraging to see him play well. thought his effort was fantastic. He had a really nice chase down uh, on a running play. That's a lot of the reason why the Cowboys liked him because they like his motor and his effort. Uh, again, Let's see how he looks through the, the rest of the preseason. It's very likely that the team is going to rely on him sooner rather than later uh, this season. That's it for today's show. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Hit us up with a five-star review if you so choose. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. Make sure you follow the show at Lockdown Cowboys. Tweet us any questions that you have. Big surprises come. Not surprises. <laughs> big, um, what, how do I want to say this? Big news coming out of the Locked On Network in the next few days and weeks. So make sure you you pay attention because we're going to try to make sure that we have the best content on Locked On Cowboys for you guys. So make sure you guys are keeping an eye out for that. We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for tuning in.
Is Democracy in Danger or Decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org slash catalyst.